Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to Get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 21 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we are returning to Cowboy Bebop and getting credit card scammed by Chessmaster Hex. Hold on here. Who has my credit card and what did they buy? Did they at least buy like a like a bunch of small things with like a long distance in between so that they like wouldn't get followed or did they buy like a boat because that is a really dumb thing to do i guess now that i think about it whatever let's just do jump not in. let's just jump in credit cards no 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 i'm i'm definitely not maybe i am not going to do that oh my god let's just jump in All right, welcome everyone. Uh, this is yet another week of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped and a full rotation back again, 21 weeks later, but just it's like that movie. So many weeks. So <laughs> many weeks. Yes, Cowboy Bebop again. This is awesome. Cowboy Bebop is so good and it just keeps being amazing and I love watching it. Um, also, I suspect that we will not do as much small talk this episode as we usually do because uh, trick of the trade, this is the second episode we're recording in a single day. <laughs> so we already got all of our small talk out in last week's Hunter x Hunter episode because we just recorded it moments ago. Yeah, so if you're if you're looking for an episode that is to the fucking point, it's going to be this one. So without now, further now ado... Now that we've said that... Oh my god, I was just reason, about to jump right in. God. I know, I heard you doing it and I had to stop you. I'm so uh, mad at you right now. Here's some fun personal trivia. Uh, my boyfriend's in the Air Force, and he's about to graduate from Air Force Officer Training School next week. So I'm going to be gone uh, almost the entire week going uh, down south to see him and go with graduation and then spend some much-needed time with him. And that's why I'm not going to be here, and that's why we have to record extra episodes. Uh, and then after that, it's Thanksgiving. So everything's happening all at once. We're we're going to be recording a lot of extra episodes in the very limited amount of crossover free time we have, but that's what's up in my life. And if you have anything to say about that, please tweet at us or talk to us on Patreon or go to our brand new subreddit at uh, reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. Yeah. So um, previously on uh, Cowboy Bebop, and I can definitely do this one this week oh, and I'm God. not going to mess it up. I'm Here we so go. Worried. Our main characters are going to be Spike Spiegel. Uh, then we have Jet, then we have Faye, then we have Ed, and we also have Ein. We have talked about them multiple times in the last couple of episodes of Cowboy Bebop that we've gone over. Um, but long story short, they are a group of bounty hunters that is not the best at their jobs. Um, even though they are a rough, tough, like rough, tough bunch of like really like. I don't know. They have a lot of really unique skills. Like Ed is a master hacker. Um, Jet and Spike both are really good at fighting and flying ships. Faye is yeah. good at flying ships and also like sleight of hand and like. I think what's good about them with stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think what makes it work is that like they're all extremely particularly skilled characters, but they're also all really flawed characters and it holds mm -hmm. them back from just blowing everybody else out of the water. And also they pretty much all of their flaws get in the way of teamwork every once in a while, often at plot relevant times. Um, and that 
keeps them from being just like this unstoppable space team of super bounty hunters. Yeah. And instead, they are a relatively equipped, uh, decently successful group of very skilled but wildly unorganized bounty hunters. And it's great. Yeah. And um, the world that we're in is, uh, we mentioned it before, but I I, um, I just would like to mention that because we're about to deal with this really soon, they're in space after Earth has been partially destroyed by a gate that exploded near the moon, causing like pieces of things to crash into Earth and make it when you almost say uninhabitable. Gate. Uh, It doesn't mean like a gate to somebody's garden. So these are like giant metal rings uh, orbiting planets. And they use essentially some type of dimensional shifter so that spaceships can fly through them, Hmm. find themselves in a sort of different dimension that allows them to travel at dramatically faster than light speeds. And then they return to the regular dimension by coming out of the gate at their desired location. Okay. Um, With but they that, exploded one time and it wasn't good. Yeah. With that being said, we are going to jump into an episode that deals with exactly that. It deals with people being like living in basically squatters towns in space. Um, and also dealing with like the gate crisis itself in episode 14, Bohemian Rhapsody. No, it does not have any queen music inside of it. I, but I was very sad the first time I heard you, that, and I was like, damn it. <laughs> if you'd like to listen to Bohemian Rhapsody in like your other ear, or if you want to put it on your stereo in the background while you listen to this episode, I think that would be appropriate. Um, also, that's like my boyfriend's like one of his favorite songs, and he has a fully choreographed dance that he can do to it that he did on like our fourth date or something. Um Someday I'll pr- try and trick him into doing it in front of camera, and then I'll post it on our YouTube. God. Gay. It's hilarious and adorable. So Bohemian Rhapsody. Also, the show, I, we've mentioned this before. I'm pretty sure each episode is named after a song. And I was thinking, like, Bohemian Rhapsody is a really interesting song, but I don't think this episode has anything to do with it. But then I thought about it more, and even if the song itself isn't well represented in the contents of the episode i think the title represents the episode pretty well oh yeah so this episode opens up with the three main characters that are bounty hunters spike jet and Faye, all catching uh prospective bounties um you have uh spike who like um he like takes down a guy by fighting you have um fey um who takes down a guy by like holding up like this lipstick thing to his neck and it like shoots a tranquilizer into it. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty cool. Um, And uh, then you have uh, Jet, who also takes somebody down. It doesn't really matter. Um, He has a net gun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the characters all go back to the ship. Ed is waiting on the ship, watches them come in, and she's like, why does everybody seem so upset? And they're just like, we all caught a bounty. None of them paid off. And they were like, do you have anything that connects them? And they all pull out a chess piece that looks exactly the same. Yeah, so basically what it turns out is, uh, and we're going to see an episode of Big Shot that's going to sort of describe this. If you'll recall, Big Shot is the crazy, hokey, Western-themed like bounty hunter infomercial about who's got a bounty out on them and how much it's worth and go get them. So Big Shot comes on and basically expositionally explains to us that there is 
a large swath of low-level criminals who are all participating in a strange uh, credit card scheme. And the like the mastermind of the credit card scheme is unknown, but the bounty is not on the perpetrators of the scheme, but on the mastermind. So they mm-hmm. keep catching these low-level people, but not the mastermind, so they're not getting their bounty for them. Yeah. And uh, the... Um, the other thing is that they, uh, the people that are like carrying out the scheme have basically nothing in common. Like some of them have criminal records, some of them don't. Ages, races, gender, sexuality, nothing is consistent across the board. Yeah. They say that like one of the people even got the idea of what he was doing from like a manual that was mail ordered to him. Like yeah. he. D- he had no idea what he was doing up until the moment that he actually did it. Um, and so um, with this, uh, with them talking about this um, and uh, all three of them paying attention to it, Ed is more fixated on the little chess pieces that they have brought home. She runs over to like the side panel of the ship and like rips it off and like gets shocked and has this moment yes. where she like hits the ground and then like pops straight back up. And then she's no, just the episode, like, like literally stops in its tracks and like the characters are like, are you dead? And then she just <laughs> revives and keeps doing what she was doing. Yeah. Which is setting up this like chess board thing um, where it's like a it's like a hollow panel and uh, she sets the chess piece on it and it activates this like one on one chess match. Um, and we get a glimpse into who the mastermind, um, of this episode is, which is Chess Master Hex. And, uh, he has been initiated into a game with Ed, and he seems pretty excited, as does his parrot, who is my favorite character on this episode. No shit, the parrot is creepy. Yeah. So. It's just so weird <laughs> so while the re- while ed's playing chess spike mentions that he doesn't think anybody could hack the gates but what's happening is that um the so the gates are basically a toll road essentially and as your spaceship flies through them um it you basically it's a credit card transaction so the gate scans your ship and it gets your credit card information and you pay for it and the way that the gate scam is working is that instead of you paying for to pass through the gate, it is draining your credit card entirely. And then it immediately, like, the money ends up in, like, a bank on Earth or somewhere and, like, launders itself, essentially, so that it can't be traced. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a pretty cool sequence that you kind of really like, cool. You, you watch, like, the step by step of how they do this, which is pretty sweet. And, um, it does, like, this full breakdown of it. Um, and then, like, the next thing that, uh, that they go about and talk about is, like, well, Somebody had to have intimate knowledge of what was going on in the gate. So it's probably like internal, like, you know, somebody internally at the gate company is doing it. And so uh, Jet's like, I know these people. I have a connection to these people, or at least I can get inside. And so he goes to confront them to see if they have any leads on what's going on and seeing if they can help. Yeah. So the corporation, they are kind of fed up with bounty hunters because... The bounty hunters keep catching these low-level people, but not the mastermind, and um, they're getting fed up. Jet arrives while they're already a little miffed, and he reveals that he, he he's taken his little chess piece with him, and he reveals that he knows about this chess piece, and that everybody that's caught someone has had a chess piece with them, and the 
like basically like the CEO and like his high level execs have jet escorted out. And, um, luckily they, I think take the chess piece from him or something. Somehow jet has bugged their office. So as he's escorted out, he hears them talking about chess master hex, which is the first time we hear this dude's name. Wait, Jed bugs the office by placing a bug inside of his like cigarette and putting the cigarette out into a plant. It's for sweet. real. I totally missed that. Yeah, he. Does I, that, that must have been why I was looking at my doc and taking notes. That's it's so really... much sicker. I just looked up and saw it. They were being bugged and assumed it was in the chess piece. But that's so fucking sick. Yeah. So like he does that, and he 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 um. They find out that like this is Chessmaster Hex. And they're going to go find them. Meanwhile, Ed is on the ship playing chess with Chessmaster X. She has, like, a direct connection to him already. He's, like, this super old guy who just likes playing chess, it seems like, at this point. And yeah. is some sort of a mastermind. You um, see him, you see, like, a <laughs> shot of Chessmaster Hex, and Ed makes a move, and the Chessmaster does this, like, hilarious old dude laugh. And he's he like comments that whoever he's playing against is either a genius or an idiot, and it's hilarious because Ed is sort of both. Like <laughs> Ed is it's not it's not stupid, but she's like super wispy and like uh, impulsive and and erratic. So it it's a hilarious comment because it's so true to her character. Yeah. And this character that we we find out a little bit more about, they do like this cool montage where they show like um, Hex growing up working inside of the gate. Um, he's um, he started to doubt the validity of the gates and the safety of them, and so they banned him from the company. Um, and so um, he they think that he's the mastermind. So um, they use this this like chess playing system that Ed is like playing with this old man to go and find that he is, like, somewhere in this weird string of, like, broken-down spaceship pieces, which are, like, pieces of old gates. And it's, yeah. like, it's, like, a, basically, like, a, a, I mean, that's where the name probably comes from, right? It's, like, a bohemian it's, village of all yeah, of these, totally. like, these, like, ragabond people just, like, a, in space. It's, like, a homeless commune. Um, just mm-hmm. floating in this debris area. And they mentioned specifically that it's sort of like off the grid or, or sort of off the government's radar. So there's no taxes or, or like charges any, anywhere. So like, this is specifically the kind of place you might want to hang out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically the elephant graveyard from Lion King, but in space. Yeah. So, um, they are being followed by this guy from the company, um, who wants to catch Hex and wants no, to he's kill a, him. a fellow bounty hunter. Yeah, but he he seems to be in cahoots with the company, though. Well, so are they. Like, everybody's... Mm. The bounty is put out by the company. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, Anyways, they're all working uh, for the company. He's just more upset. Yeah. We'll, so, we'll learn why in a second. Yeah, so he's chasing after him. Um, this dude's name is Jonathan, by the way, which is the most boring name in a world name. <laughs> like, you got Faye Valentine, Spike Spiegel, Jet, last name, and then you get fucking <laughs> Jonathan. I want Jet's last name to be Black, so he can be Jet Black. Well, he is the Black Dog. Yeah, he is. Once he bites on, he'll never let go. That's true. Oh man, this show's so good. Anyways, um, they <laughs> they are so running around joke. on the sh- they are running around on this ship. Uh, also on this ship, there is uh basically a metric fuck ton of uh weed being smoked. 
Oh um, yeah. Everybody is super high on this ship. Um, if you didn't know by this point from like them going around and just running into lots and lots of space hippies. It's not like an opium den or anything like that. Like, it's not literally just people, like, sitting around being high, but it's only a few steps below that. Like, they're yeah. functioning, and they're, like, they're chilling. They're not, like, strung out, but they're doing yeah. drugs. Yeah, and so uh, Faye, Spike, and Jet catch up with Hex before Jonathan could get their God, stupid name. Anyways, uh, We got they're... Faye, Spike, Hex, Jonathan. So one mad. of these Anyways. things is not like the others. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, they burst in on him. Uh, he pays them a little zero to less than zero fucks uh, because he is uh, playing against Ed and having a great time playing chess. Um, yeah, the, meanwhile, Jonathan literally pulls a gun in his face and he just yeah. looks at it, sort of like pushes it slightly and then turns back to his chess game and ignores him. It's awesome. Yeah. And so he, we find out that Jonathan got, uh, got basically ousted by the scheme. You got, and, got. And that, um, Hex, he, he planned this so long ago that he completely, completely does not remember it because he is senile. So yes, there's we've no literally point. only seen him play chess in this episode. Yeah. And it's because that's all he cares about because he's senile and he literally doesn't remember that this is happening. Yeah, he apparently built this as like a fell safe to go off after 50 years and, and the they reason, didn't notice it. The reason is that the gate systems update every 50 years. So he knew that the systems would be updating and that that meant they would be at their most vulnerable. And yeah, so and he, he was going to he built in a 50 year long long con to just say a big giant middle finger to this company that ousted him. It's yeah, so, awesome. so I think he knew where the funds were going to go because at some point when Spike and Faye are going to find Chessmaster Hex and they're in the middle of the Bohemian Village, they um, they pass by somebody who talks about how they have tons of money. Yeah, and it's the only thing that suggests that. But using that as a context clue, I think the money is being funneled into this community as a whole. But otherwise, mm-hmm. Hex has no idea what's going on because he's lost his mind. And this is literally just a 50-year-old grudge that's biting this company in the ass. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. And so, we get to have this great moment at the end where it's just like he finally ends the chess match. He beats Ed. Ed, like, throws a fit. And then he, like, breathes his last breath. Yeah. It's really it's beautiful. It's just great. <laughs> it's not quite as, like, tragic or emotionally affecting as some of the moments in Cowboy Bebop, but that's also a really high bar. And Mm. this is a really wonderful moment. Uh, Yeah. You can't say it even comes close because the next episode, basically that's the end of this episode. And we're about to jump into a very important episode named my funny Valentine episode 15. Yeah. Oh, I definitely thought this was the one that's coming up later where they go to earth. Mm. But, uh, I'm kind of glad it wasn't because I was not ready to cry a lot. And so I sort of dodged that. This episode's My Funny Valentine. And we see Faye in the beginning. She's opened, it opens up with her unconscious in a, a, a blue tinted cube. And it looks like she's wearing little or nothing. And 
there are men all around her in kind of like spacesuits or radiation suits or maybe like high cold resistance suits or something like that. Um, and then you can tell it's a flashback. And then they do a sort of like, I think it's called a smash cut to uh, Jet and Ed looking for food on the ship and they find some frozen fish. And it's a it's pretty it's a pretty cute cut from a flashback about somebody cryogenically frozen to a flash uh, to the present day where people are looking for frozen food. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, Faye has this uh, this flashback, um, and she's remembering this character. I did not write down her name. Uh, I just had it down as Whitney, but you said Whitney Haggis Masamoto. That's and- not the woman. That's the man. Oh. Wait, what? Yeah, I did not write down the woman's name. Oh. I didn't write down the doctor's name either. I kept being like, I should write this down, and then being like, Man, I'm just going to call him the doctor and his assistant. It's oh, the professor yeah. and Marianne. That's what they are. I thought that you had written down this as her name, and I was like, really? No, her name's like Maggie or some shit. Oh, okay. Anyway. Um, whatever, it doesn't matter. So, Faye, she's talking to Ein, which... Ein is their corgi, and I related to this so much because I think that dogs are really wonderful to have a conversation with. Um, you can tell them anything, and they just they're just continually interested and they just love you the whole time. So yeah. I really felt a kinship with <laughs> Faye just yeah. now. Anyways, so um we have um we we have this moment where she's like doesn't doesn't really seem to understand why she's having this memory all of a sudden and she's thinking about this doctor um and we have this moment where Faye flashes back to her waking up from cryogenesis and we haven't seen anything really like this at all in the show no. up to this point she has made a lot of illusions that we have really lampshaded a lot on our show uh, but they're minor illusions. Like when I first watched Cowboy Bebop, I did not pick up on this shit, and it was a big surprise. But rewatching Cowboy Bebop, Faye says something all the time about being older than you think she is, and here's where you learn what's up. So Faye wakes up from cryogenesis, and the doctor that waits her, wakes her up is like, "Hey." You're healthy, but here's the problem. You owe us $30 million for this procedure plus 54 years worth of interest. And yeah, it comes out to like $300 million or something like that. It is so much. And it's, 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 you have like this moment where you're just like, holy shit, they're gouging her for money when she woke up from cryo fucking Genesis after thinking that she was going to die. That's really messed up. Also, not that unexpected from the healthcare system. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and Faye has this moment where she's just like, I don't know who I am, and I don't know where I am, and I don't know what's happening. Yeah, it's she's basically out of it. And uh, so Whitney shows up, and Whitney is... He introduces himself as Faye's lawyer, um, sort of for the insurance company or or to protect her from the insurance company. I can't mm-hmm. complete. It was a little ambiguous. 
So there's this awesome scene. And this is, I didn't remember that this scene was from this show necessarily. But when we got to it, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that this is this moment because it's so memorable. So Faye is basically sitting there and Whitney is like, hey, what, you know, are you really like, did your memory really go? Like, what do you remember? And she goes, well, I remember that this is a hot water pot and this is a television and this is a cell phone, but I don't remember my name and I don't remember really anything else about myself. And Whitney's like, well, the thing is, when you were 20 years old, you were in a terrible accident and you were frozen for 54 years. And it's and Faye just doesn't believe him that it's been, you know, five and a half decades since she was put to sleep from an accident. Like she has no memory of this. And obviously it's kind of a tough thing to be confronted that like. 54 years has passed without you being conscious of it. Mm. And he's, she just doesn't believe him. And to, as a way of proving it to her, he's like, yeah, this isn't a hot water pot. It's a face. It's like a facial cleaner. And this isn't a television. It's a clothing dryer. And this isn't a cell phone. It's a thermometer. And like, it's just this, it's like, it would be funny if it weren't so sad, but yeah. it's this amazingly good moment where like just the only thing that she knows is what mundane items are. And then that's not even true. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, she gets very upset by this and she tries to escape. Um, she finds, uh, she finds just kind of like that. She's surrounded by things in the future and they yeah, don't it, look the same as that she remembers them. It made me think of that movie that Johnny Depp did years ago that was not very good and didn't do very well, but it was a remake movie. It's called Dark Shadows, and it's basically like Johnny Depp is a vampire who's been entombed for a long time, and then he wakes up, and as he wakes up, he, like, you know, is finds himself in the modern world and is, like, surrounded by, like, car lights and, you know, electricity and shit, and it's a pretty comical sequence. And this is very similar, but it's not funny because Faye is so disoriented and upset. And she like goes to a vending machine to, I don't know. I think it looked to me like she was pondering getting something, but maybe she was just sort of pausing to rest there. But the vending machines have like motion sensors and scanners to tell that somebody's there and holograms pop out of like people offering her stuff from the vending machine. And it's, it terrifies her and she runs away she gets to a street and then there's like headlights heading toward her and she starts to sort of like wave and whistle for it, but it's a spaceship and it flies over her and it's just, it's awesome. And she looks and she sees a city in the distance and she just starts walking. Yeah. Um, Whitney, Whitney finds her um, and they talk about taking on um, this debt that's coming. That's going to like, you know, creeping up on her because she has to pay off this healthcare bill. Oh gosh. Every time I say a healthcare bill, I have a pit in my stomach that happens. It's yeah. Just, Future healthcare know, is really no better than current healthcare. Yeah. And, uh, and he says that she has to keep on living 
and maybe she'll meet someone. And then he does like, eh, and then he like bumps her with his shoulder and then winks and a couple times at her. That's what he does. I remember. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Say no more. Say no more. (laughs) Yeah, that's what happens, right? So we basically get a montage of them falling in love with each other. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's romantic acclimating to the future montage. Mm -hmm. And uh, then the montage ends when they're driving along one night and a spaceship from the insurance company just appears above them and like they're basically like hunting them down kind of bounty hunter style for this debt. And they like drive off the road and Whitney is like, okay, you go that way. I'm going to go back and make sure that they're not following us. And he drives off back the way they came. And then Faye starts to like move in the opposite direction. And then there's like a giant explosion from where Whitney went to. And you just see like fire and smoke coming up over the tree line. Yeah. And we find out that Whitney has died, and Whitney left everything to Faye, and the final stab to Faye is that he had all this debt, too, and he left it to her. The doctor reveals that he left everything to her, and she's like, oh my god, he really did care. And then she's like, why are all these numbers red? The doctor's like, well, they say that debt is a kind of asset. She's like, fuck this. (laughs) So we cut... (laughs) so good this is just this is the episode of scams <laughs> so we cut to um the present and the toilet flushes and spike walks out and Faye is like are you kidding me you've been there listening to me the whole time and spike's just like your story is too long <laughs> <laughs> okay then we get jet coming into the ship and he's like uh i have the small fry bounty um, it's this like older, overweight Whitney, the guy yeah. from the story, the guy who just died in a flashback is there and has put on a lot of weight and, uh, Whitney and Faye, they were left alone so they can talk to each other. And, uh, we learned that it is three years later and he admits to Faye that the fraud and the scam that he like put her through. And then, um, Faye is basically like, okay, as a repayment of my debt to you for like, it's a little unclear. She doesn't say it. And like, she definitely inherited more debt from him, but I guess like for the relationship that they had, or maybe for him, like helping her acclimate to the future or something, she's like, I'm going to help you escape. And that's going to be our repayment. Hmm. So, uh, so they, they're escaping and Jet and Spike realize this is happening. They have a little standoff in the uh, the hangar. But uh, Faye is able to get Whitney into the spaceship and they leave. Um, they're talking in her spaceship as they're fleeing. And Faye is like, why were you like, why were you there when I woke up? But then Spike is pursuing them and shoots at them. And so their conversation is cut short. Yeah. Um. I don't remember how they got to the doctor. So the doc, so the police had arrived at the bebop oh, yeah. before Faye and Whitney escaped. But as we were able to see, the police had shown up, but it was actually the doctor and his assistant that we had seen in the flashback. So they're, we know that they're probably not police. They're definitely not dressed like it. So they have stolen or commandeered a police car or, you know, manufactured a fake police car. 
So they arrive under the ruse of collecting this bounty and they have followed as Faye and Whitney have escaped. They show up now that the spike has basically hit the ship so that they can't flee anymore. And they're just kind of drifting and the police arrive and Faye learns that it's them. And basically they're like, well, what happened was we found you in cold sleep. But unfortunately, in the explosion caused by the gate disaster, all of the data about your history was erased. So literally, we found you and we knew how long you had been in cryosleep and what your first name was. And the doctor's like, I gave you my last, the last name of Valentine based off of my favorite song. And that's it. Like, she doesn't remember her past and neither are there any records of her past? Like it's a blank slate and not in a good way. Yeah. And I sort of like got the impression that like they, they were just scamming her like the whole time because you find out that Whitney's doc his his, uh, uh, uncle is the doctor the whole time. And yeah, Faye he is calls so mad. Uncle. Yeah. And <laughs> Faye is so mad and she's just like, I'm taking you to the police. And she turns in, she turns in Whitney and takes the bounty. Yeah, it's like which this roundabout way like, of being like a complete fuck you to this guy that screwed her over to begin with. Yeah, the bounty is like nineteen thousand dollars, which their normal bounties are in like the hundreds of thousands or the millions, and they just talk about like they're like, oh yeah, well, I mean, I said it was a small fry, and then like you see Jet later on, and he's like, it's only nineteen thousand. I thought it was a hundred ninety thousand. I must have added an extra zero. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Yeah. So uh, the last episode for today is episode 16, which is Black Dog Serenade. And this mm-hmm. one gives us uh, a little bit more backstory on Jet. Um, although it's a little bit less of a, like, what was Jet doing in the past episode and a little bit more of a sort of flashback blast from the past episode. Mm-hmm. flashback yeah. blast from the past yeah so uh we open on an automatic jail cell door that i was trying to close but it can't and there's a hall of dead police officers and one prisoner is standing over them yeah and the door can't close because one of the dead police officers head heads are in the way and it's creepy yeah. so uh we cut away from that we'll learn what's going on soon but somebody named named fad calls the bebop um, and Faye mentions that he had called asking for Jet while Jet is trimming his precious bonsai tree, and that catches his attention a little bit, um, and he's going to go meet up with this guy named Fad, and Faye's kind of standing there idly wondering why Jet doesn't replace his arm. because yeah, She's uh, giving, it, I don't know, she, she, the only reason I think that they mention that is just because, like, you know, it's going to be important in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, this is sort of this is sort of like good writing at the same time as it is bad writing because it's it almost comes out of nowhere. Like he's not doing anything to draw attention to his arm, so it's a really almost random thought. I mean, he wears sleeveless shirts all the time, so like you can tell that he's got a mechanical arm. But other than that, there's nothing out of the ordinary, and that's not out of the ordinary either. So it's just like Faye was having a conversation about something else. The conversation ended, and then she asks this idle question that ends up being super important to the episode. Yeah. So it's like, 
It's not bad, and it's not out of character for Faye, but it's a little more forced than this show usually is. Yeah. We cut to a bunch of the prisoners that have escaped, and they're on this ship that's uh, headed on its way to Pluto. And there's, like, this rowdy prisoner that's that's kind of getting up in everybody's face um, and, like, threatening everybody else. And he gets killed yeah, he by up- this guy named Udai. Yeah, Udai is this, like, tall, thin man who, look, he is definitely, like, the quiet, dangerous type. Uh, and he, he's been sort of like sitting in the corner, like watching the other prisoners that have survived this like malfunction or prison riot or whatever it is that's allowed them to take over the ship. Um, Mm -hmm. and this like loud mouth, he's killed their last hostage. It's, it's a whole fucking thing. And then Udai just realizes that this dude's a liability. Um, and as this guy kind of challenges him, he just like throws out his arm and a knife just appears in it. And then he just slashes the dude's throat, and it's so fast, it's almost like blink and you'll miss it. It's really yeah. fucking cool and definitely yeah. intimidating. Yeah. So um, then we get a little bit of a connection story between Fad and Jet. Um, they're meeting up on... And Udai. Uh, what? And Udai. Well, I mean, we get the backstory on him, but I mean, I was going to tell you about Fad and Jet first. Well, it all, you know, it all happens at once. Everything's happening all at once. Anyways, um, so they uh, they meet up, and Fad tells Jet that Udai is on that ship. Um, Jet, um, he kind of, like, warns him to not get any ideas, and Fad is, he sort of plays off, like, this is the reason that you were not a police officer anymore, and talks about how, like, his left arm, um, you know, uh, I don't know, he... he they have this moment where they like don't really explain what's happening, but they're just like, "Remember how you lost your left arm? It's it. It may have happened with this guy named Udai. Do you remember?" I had yeah. a lot of moments when I was watching this episode. I was like, "Did you get a lot of questions while you were making the show?" They're like, "If you're going to give him a metal arm, you have to explain it." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's clear that he lost his arm in some sort of incident that is attributed to Udai, but they don't tell you what the incident is. Um, They do a flashback here and you kind of see what happens. So um, we flash back to Jet and Fad from many years prior. They're chasing after Udai. Um, They kind of take opposite directions to, I guess, sort of come at him from different angles. Um, Jet uh, arrives at where Udai is and, you know, pulls up his gun and it's like, you know, stop right there. You're under arrest. And then a giant spotlight shines in Jet's eyes, blinding him. And then it cuts away and you hear the sound of a gunshot. And this is suggested to be the moment when Jet loses his arm. We don't actually see it, but it's narratively, it's pretty obvious that that's what they're hinting at. Yeah. Um, so also, the- sorry, I had this note here as, as we cut back to the ship for a really brief scene, I didn't actually write down any of the content of the scene, but I noted that the prison ship, they do like a sort of long shot of the prison ship. Uh, and it looks like an old timey Tommy gun, which is <laughs> really cool because this episode is done in a sort of film noir style. Cause, mm. uh, because that's how jets episodes are done. Cause he used to be a police officer. And so that's, they like lean into that. And it was a really sweet touch that this this prison ship looks like a giant Tommy gun floating through space. And the sort of spinning section that generates the gravity is the um, like the ammo uh, 
what's it? Canister, holster, container. Chamber? I don't know. Yeah, that big circular thing on the Tommy gun. On this ship, it's this, you know, spinning circular area that um, is generating the gravity for the ship. And it's just a really cool design choice. It's It would be almost on the nose if it weren't so artistic. And I love it. Yeah. So um, there's a couple of, like, sweet moments that happen, too, where Jet turns to Ed and he's like, what are my bonsai if I don't come back? Um, and then the, um, the, the ship though is pretending like the prison ship is just pretending to be malfunctioning so that like the, the, you know, the, the police, you know, yeah. Like everybody knows, everybody (laughs) knows that the ship malfunctioned and jet and fad know that the ship malfunctioned with Udai on it. So the prisoners are probably in charge, but that part Mm -hmm. is not public knowledge. So from the police perspective, they think this is just a stranded prison ship that needs some assistance. So they get in real close and that turns out to be a mistake. Yeah. And jet is like, uh, Uda is going to go back to Europa and he's, he's going to go back to this so we can predict this. Udai at the same time is contacting the syndicate for like for a ship and they just, they give zero fucks about him. <laughs> it's savage. They're like, well, you know, we don't really think you're a part of our organization anymore. And Uda's like, well, I am. And they're like, well, you're not. And he's like, well, I'm going to come there. And they're like, sure, fucking do it. I don't care. <laughs> Anyways, um, they located Uday, uh, Jet and Fad did. Um, and they like, they partner up and they, well, they, they get, Fad is like, let's partner up. And Jet's like, well, I'll think about it. <laughs> 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 so they <laughs> so they um they're heading towards this prison ship to attack it and fat's like don't don't go off by yourself <laughs> and immediately jet just leaves <laughs> <laughs> so he like flies at the prison ship which starts shooting at him this part you know as we've been talking about this episode, like I watched it last night and I was like, this is a really great episode. And then as we've been talking about it, there are like a, a couple of really weird narrative beats that feel worse than usual for Cowboy Bebop. Like as we're talking about it, I get the impression that this might be one of the worst episodes of Cowboy Bebop, even though it's still an excellent episode of television. Yeah. The the next things that happen are are pretty silly. Like... <laughs> In my opinion, because like, like, like he gets on the ship, he gets seen by a security camera and so Udai like comes to confront him about it and fight him. You can tell that he knows that Udai is watching and he kind of leans into it. Like he looks at the security camera. He like mean mugs the camera and then he shoots it like eight times. I was like, dude, the camera's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And the next thing that happens is so dumb. They have like a fight scene and then there's like a, a sort of like a, uh, uh, Fad has tried to set up Jet in the past because he was in cahoots with Udai the whole time. No, and- this was awesome. It's not a very well telegraphed betrayal, but it's still cool. Yeah, uh, I guess it just it it so- just like sort of stunk to me of like old police drama where it was just like I it- get what you're doing with the film noir, but it's just like it seems so like why does Fad go get Jet? Like that's my question. It's like, why did he have to go get Jet in order to catch Udai to shut him up? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think that's a valid point. Um, I guess 
I guess I have to ignore that because <laughs> I don't have a good answer to it. But uh, I do think that the the story of betrayal is still pretty interesting. So yeah. it's very simple. Essentially, the syndicate is a giant criminal organization. Jet and Thad were working as police officers against it. Thad was secretly a corrupt cop. Uh, I think largely because he decided that fighting against the syndicate was a battle they were never going to win. So you might as well, if you can't beat him, join him. Mm -hmm. Um, Jet was, you know, again, he's known as the black dog. And the reason he's called that is because once he bites into a case or a suspect or whatever, he'll never let go until he's taken them down. And so he was perceived as a threat by the syndicate. So Thad and Udai set him up in the past to take him out. Uh, They managed only to cause him to lose his left arm, but it sounds like that pretty much did the job anyway, because he leaves the police force. Yeah. So I don't have a good answer of why Thad went to him to dredge all this up, but he did. And now they're here. So Udai tells this story and promptly gets shot in the head by Thad. Yeah. And then Jet takes out Thad. It's, it's pretty like, uh, it's, it gets pretty like open and shut case there at the very end. Yeah, well, Jet takes out Thad in a really cool way, because we saw earlier that Thad was loading his gun, but he loaded it Russian roulette style. So there's it's a six shooter and he put only one bullet in it. And then he has the drop on Jet, basically like he Jet does not have his gun because it was knocked away from him during his scuffle with Udai. And Thad has just shot Udai and has his gun trained on uh, Jet. And he's threatening to shoot him and instead jet dives out of the way grabs his gun and shoots fat instead and as fat lays there jet sees that his gun wasn't loaded and he's like oh my god did you do this so that i would kill you mm-hmm. and actually that might be the answer to our question maybe this was all a really way too fucking elaborate plan by fad to get jet to kill him for the sins of his past yeah uh but- That's the only satisfactory answer that I can find from this episode off the top of my head. Anyways, as we've mentioned, Cowboy Bebop is a great show, and there are some episodes that are better than others. This episode is not as good as the episode right before it, but it is still great. But yeah, uh, (laughs) again, it's an excellent episode. If you watch it, you will probably not be very bothered by these things, if at all. I remember being bothered by when Jet left the spaceship that fad was on to fly to the other spaceship, but it wasn't, it didn't ruin it for me. And it only bothered me a little bit. And I didn't, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't a huge misstep that the show made that you had to like recover from. It was just not how I would have done things if I were writing the show, you know? So like, yeah, this is a, maybe an off episode in the scheme of cowboy bebop, but in the scheme of, all shows this is still pretty fucking good yeah um so with that uh stick around after our credits we will be giving you a preview into the next episode of blake and spencer get jumped we're back with naruto blake and spencer get jumped is made by forever summer productions with sound editing work done by rashad english of plain english productions our level four sound wizard our podcast is ad free and we want to keep it that way if you want to help us keep releasing episodes without the use of ads please consider supporting us on patreon patrons get exclusive member content as well as unlocking group perks 
Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. And like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. New episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like the show, please like, subscribe, and review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. It's time for the Forest of Death. Ooh, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men. Men becoming becoming wolves. wolves. (laughs) (laughs) We're done here.